Oh, well, we've got through the technical issues yes. here in the in the <laughs> studio. Welcome to the Junior Presents. I got Nick here with me tonight. Hey Sam, how are you? Very well, thanks. And David on the on the decks. We've got the uh, new Zoom, which I've uh, managed to uh, forget the SD card for. <laughs> and we've got in the house tonight, Matthew D'Onofrio. How are you? Thank you for having me here. Yeah, really well yourself. Oh, good, thanks. Sorry <laughs> about the good. Uh, technical hiccups. No, 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 to be expected. <laughs> How's things? Busy, busy as always. Lots of meetings, lots of um, lots to get done. But, yeah. Um, yeah, really well. Sweet. So what are you busy doing? I think um, at the moment with Nightlife, it's um, working on some really big expansion plans. Um Obviously, we're conscious of sort of talking what nightlife is, but um, yeah. we're trying to break out the service into um, nightclubs, party strips like Hindley Street, then obviously expanding that nationally. And um, oh. it's about sort of getting all the back-end things sort of sorted at the moment and then um, so we're able to just sort of smash it and um, yeah, get into as many clubs as we can straight off. So where did the idea for Nightlife First Aid come from? And you've been working on it for a while now, yeah? yeah almost four years. And yeah, it March will cool. be four years. Oh, wow. So yeah. where, did, where did it start? So... Um, Actually, it sort of starts. I'm only 21, but it sort of starts like wow, 21. Almost, yeah, Jeez. <laughs> started at 17, so oh, yeah. a bit of a scary time. Yeah. But um, 30 years ago, my um auntie and uncle passed away in a car accident. Okay, so I never had an opportunity to meet them. But growing up, you know, can, you can imagine in a family where, where you've just lost, you know, two pretty big like close family members, mm. you hear all these stories about them, and one in particular stood out to me. It was, it was my um uncle. Who I always really looked up to a lot, and um, he was part of Saint John Ambulance. Okay, and I used to hear all these stories about how much he loved volunteering for them, how good he was. You know, he wanted to use that to advance his career in the future. He wanted to be a, a male nurse. I mean, just a nurse. You have to say male, but um, <laughs> and um, but the stories about how much he loved volunteering with Saint John would just like just inspired me. Mm-hmm. So wanting to follow in his footsteps, you know, looking up to him all the time, I jo- I joined Saint John. Okay. So then five years later, you know, I have all this, you know, I'm pretty high ranked, have all this sort of uh, qualifications, all this skills and training and everything. But I'm also, you know, just turned 16, 17, going to a few parties. and. So was that like 12 that you joined St. John or was it? Um, yeah, it would have been about 12, yeah. Oh, okay. But then every party I went to, every sort of event like that, I ended up helping people, mm. you know, they'd get a bit too messed up and, mm. and no one could help them except me. Mm-hmm. But then um, there were a couple times where it got really, really serious and, and almost, you know, life-threatening. And um, one in particular was that um, a sort of like an annual party uh, had to help this girl who was face down in a pile of mud. It was a pretty wet night, yeah, so right. she was almost drowning in, in this mud and sort of treated her, got mm. her parents to come pick her up and bring her to hospital, but they didn't want to go without me. Mm. And so, you know, figured the night was nearly over. Not a lot more could happen, fingers crossed. Mm. Went in with the family, sort of kept an eye on her, sort of checked her vital signs, made sure she was stable and brought her to the hospital. But I can't drive. So I'm sitting in the hospital at like 3 a.m. in the morning just just um, waiting to get picked up. And I'm, I'm just thinking about like sort of trying to figure out everything that just happened. It's, it's a really weird moment. You don't expect things like that when you're just going out to have a good time. Mm. And um, realizing it was an annual event, I thought, well, what happens if the same thing occurs the following year? Mm. So I offered the service voluntarily, um, but that next year just was crazy. It was my own formal after party. So the first official event with Nightlife was my own formal after party. Okay. And just working nonstop, treating injuries you'd never expect, like things like hypothermia even. Wow. And um, yeah, sort of took it from there. At the end of the night, they, they wouldn't let me leave without paying. I had about eight other like hosts mm-hmm. come and ask me to do their events and uh, just took it from there. So oh, yeah. Wow. Oh. 
That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, just seeing that sort of the, the need for it there. Absolutely. There's mm. a massive demand and, and at that point in time, I was the only person willing to, you know, feel that mm-hmm. and, yeah, took it on. What was the process from then then, like when you were 17? So. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the weird thing. You see, I come from a family with um, no business knowledge, no sort of entrepreneurial background. And so everything I now know today or everything I had to do in the past, I had to teach myself. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, looking back at it, I didn't even know what an ABN was. <laughs> like, it, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. <laughs> and um, it, was just, it was just things like that. It was really just hearing things or, or learning things that I might have had to do, mm-hmm. researching them if I needed them, implement them. If I didn't, sort of throw them away and keep moving forward. Um, just learning as I go and um, really deciding to, to take it seriously, decide what I want it to be in the future and, um, yeah, follow that path. So it's been a, a pretty um, spontaneous thing. So, yeah, yeah okay. going forward and then doing what I have to. But, um, yeah, it's been an awesome yeah. journey. And what have been sort of the, the core of the events that you've been working at up to this point? So our biggest market for events would have to be formal after parties. Yep. So schools obviously have their formals or, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those sorts of events. And the students always run their after parties afterwards, mm-hmm. sort of a way to, to celebrate it in their own way. And, mm-hmm. and they totally deserve that as well. You know, that they're... they're they're in their final year of school, which is a 13-year journey, mm. and it's probably one of the most stressful years as well. It's good to, you know, for them to have that time off, celebrate their successes and how far they've come, sort of wind down and prepare for what they have to go in the future. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, I totally think they deserve that, but it's best that they do it in as safe a way as possible. Mm. Okay. Is it, um, is it just you now at, at the company? Or do you yeah, have other, absolutely. Okay, so yeah. I've had volunteers help me mm-hmm. a little bit in the past, mm-hmm. uh, just myself at the moment. If uh, well, when we do this um, nightclub rollout, mm-hmm. we'll be hiring quite a lot of people, especially you know, in the coming uh-huh. years, and depending on how many nightclubs take up initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, so mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So there is really a gap there. You know, St John's obviously mm. at like big sort of you know corporate events, yep. but um, yeah, the, I'm just I'm thinking back to sort of you know my school days, and there was yeah a couple of crazy situations mm. actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've um, seen some. Just insane things. Yeah, I bet you would have. (laughs) Absolutely. The thing with St. John, I mean, and they're fantastic. What they've done in the whole industry is phenomenal. But six months in, you know, I I was running nightlife. I I think in six months I attended almost like 10 events or so. And I went to them because they were freaking out. They were like, you know, who is this nightlife first aid? We've had extremely high-ranked people try and leave and start their own first aid service they don't last more than a couple months. Mm. It's, it's a very weird industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came out with it, sort of told them it was me. And they, would, they were obviously shocked at first, mm-hmm. but they weren't too happy, Okay, which is weird because I stayed away from their events. You know, I was totally focusing mm-hmm. on, on, on the nightlife, on the parties. Mm-hmm. And, but they just didn't see it like that. Interesting. Yeah. So, so they gave me an ultimatum to sort of continue one or the other. And I actually said I'd continue St. John and leave nightlife. Interesting. Oh, wow. If they attended the parties. But they said no. <laughs> yeah. So I said, can we do a partnership? And again, they said no. Mm. Um, so, you know, in six months, I was sort of looking at the lives that I'd saved. And um, I guess at that point, I was like, well, what would that number be in the future if I, if no one were to do this? Mm. So I sort of took on nightlife and, um, yeah, went from mm. there. But um, now I've got a meeting with St. John again in, in uh, <laughs> actually oh. just in two days. So um, we'll see how that goes. Oh, jeez. Do you think part of the... Um like your success and, and why that sort of works. Because I'd imagine like at a formal after party, for example, like uh, kids would be feel weird to have St. John's, you know, standing there. So you kind of you know, 
blend in to a certain mm, extent. And it's absolutely. kind of it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a sort of yeah. low key, and it's not like this sort of other that you know mm, like. like mm. Police, or you know, it's just you know, yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we started, I used to just wear jeans, nice yeah. shoes, and a, and a shirt, you mm. know, button up shirt. Yeah, now we do have like a proper uniform, we're just actually buying a new one as well, so designing ourselves and everything. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, that's a big part of what we do is we, I, you know, I, I'm young, mm. and I, when I hire more employees, I want to keep a dem- demographic young, mm-hmm. so maybe hiring nursing and paramedic students, yeah, to sort of blend in, like you said, because mm. yeah. we're also more approachable. But on, t- on top of that, I'm sort of trying to learn from the mistakes I saw from working in St. John. Yep. And, um, you know, there were things like obviously they're a very ancient organization. I think they were originally founded in the 1500s by by knights wow. and then, you know, <laughs> shut down and refounded in the 1800s. And they haven't changed much since then. Mm. So what I do is when I get, you know, when we get booked for an event, we'll jump on the Facebook page. We'll start sort of interacting with the with the party goers and, and the people planning to attend. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we, we'll try and blend in with them and just, just enjoy it. And when we're there, I think it's the biggest thing. Where St. John and a lot of other first aid companies don't sort of let you do much. You know, we weren't allowed to have our hands in our pockets. We had to stand a certain way, do certain things. Yeah. Very restrictive. I encourage it, myself and the volunteers I've had over the, in the past, to dance around, like mm. join in. Because when you're taking away that judgment that party goers think you have for them, yeah. You can yeah. do anything. They they tell you anything, and and, and it even makes that treatment process easier because they'll tell you everything you mm. need to know. Yeah. Because I imagine that's a big problem is people being worried about. I mean, not even drug, but just yeah. alcohol getting in trouble. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Parties, mm. Yeah. Yeah. They think you know. They think oh, you know, you, you look like you work for the government or the yeah, or, mm. you know, close yeah. to the police. Like yeah, yeah you're just right. gonna snitch. But yeah, it is. I mean, I'm, I mean, like. It's awkward for you know, younger people if they see like you know like an older man standing there with a big mm. beard and he's just standing there you know very stoic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. You, know, you can't really party around that much. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, we've done a bit of work with uh, Encounter Youth. I don't know if you come across the work. I just had a meeting though. with them. Uh, oh, really? I think last week. So oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, wow. So similar okay. kind of. I mean, d- different, yeah, but yeah. similar kind mm-hmm. of outcomes, I suppose. Um, not so much first aid, but you know, trying to support people to you know party and have fun, but yeah, do it definitely. in a safe, safe way. Well, I, see, and they were actually sort of the motivation for this whole nightclub rollout. Okay. So I was out there. Um, my cousin had just left to go to Perth and he, he studies there. And I was obviously like, you know, he, he, I, I've grown up with him. He's my closest friend. He's, he's like, you know, the person I go to with anything. And his best friend was also pretty upset. So, you know, we were like, you know, well, let's, let's, let's go out. Let's have a good night. You know, and I don't go out too often. But, um, we got there and his, and his friend, for some reason, he didn't really tell us much about it, but he, he wanted to prove someone wrong about himself. Okay. So he ran off and, and you know, I was with him. We were a few other people as well. And he he had a bunch of pre-drinks and, and drink a bit more and I'm, I'm sort of telling him to slow down a little bit. But we got there and he ordered five tequila shots <laughs> and one, two, three, four, five, they're all down. Whoa. <laughs> exactly. So um. A bit later, I, so I, knew, I knew what would happen later and, you know, keep an eye on him the whole night. Then when it got to a point where he, he started feeling it, mm. I sort of had to help him. And, and we're sitting outside on the footpath of Hindley Street and the ambulance come by, you know, on, on their bike. Mm-hmm. And they just you know, get down on their knees and look at him and they're like, oh, it's not the best. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should get him some water. And they rode off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Red Cross came 
past. And it was actually the first time I seen their little thing they have on Harley Street with it, you know, they I do the patrolling. Said it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um they came past and they go, Hmm, um, okay. Um I'm I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can do anything, but um yeah, you know, I make a call, but um, you know, if you need the ambulance, you know how to call them, and they walked off. They didn't really you know know what to do. Yeah, and then Green Team came past. I'm like, yes, you know, they, they do yeah. schoolies. They they know mm. what's going to help, and they they were pretty good. But mm. they got down and like, you know, here's a water, here's a mint. They had their mints on them, and they just got down and like, that sucks. Mm. And they walked off. Okay. And I was like, you're kidding me. Mm. I was like, mm, you know, that's fair enough. Then they're not specially first aid trained for it yeah. but I, and oh, the work they do at schoolies is just amazing like mm. obviously what they do like giving out the water giving out the food is, is amazing work and then the way they you know run the campsites and everything oh and and there's so much more behind it as well that i learned in that meeting last week with them but when it came to the first aid side of things there's not a lot they can do mm-hmm. you know they've got their basic first aid training which is fantastic it's, it's definitely you know an essential but there's a lot more to it. And, you know, a lot of people can be trained in first aid, but who has the willingness to actually use it when an emergency yeah, comes by? Mm-hmm. So exactly. what, what would have been your, what would you have wanted Red Cross or to do? Well, exactly. And that's why I was thinking, well, what would Nightlife do in this situation? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'd mm-hmm. get down with them. We, we'd, you know, find out exactly what's happened, how it's how happened. Drunk, what's yeah, exactly. Exactly. What have you eaten? We sort of find out what they've eaten and drunk throughout the whole day. Okay. Because you need that history. Because I think when it comes to, you know, people think, you know, when you're drunk, eat a lot, you sober up. It's actually, I mean, it helps, but not to the extent that they think. No. It's actually a lot more about what you eat beforehand. Um, when it comes to drinking water, that sort of helps a lot, but more so, again, with, with afterwards with the hangover. Yeah. That's where drinking water in between mm. your drinks actually helps yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. So, five tequila shots in an empty stomach. That's Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you need to know those things. Mm. And then so we would have got down, if we had to do something else, we'd make sure someone was looking after him before we left him. Um, so it's just things like that, because obviously at, at parties, a lot can happen, and we'd be looking after, you know, three people at the same time, and we'd sort of can switch between them mm-hmm. while we're not looking after them like directly we'll make sure that someone is whether it's a friend just keeping an eye on them so they can call us as soon as something happens um if anything happens but if they are too severe we, we won't leave their side mm-hmm. so it's just it's just that sort of attention to detail but it can really make a big difference so you mentioned um i think just passingly that you've, you've been in some critical situations where you've actually, actually had to apply you know yeah, absolutely. CPR and yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, not CPR yet. Touch okay. wood. Sure. <laughs> but um, yeah. There's been some pretty serious situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside of those serious ones, like, are there other times where what you've just said, like you've just talked people down or talked people through things, and sort of, you know, is there a certain element, I suppose, of that support mechanism in there? Absolutely. So there's a lot that we actually have to treat. So like we've gone through, it's, it's the throwing up, it's being sick from drugs and/or alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's physical things like you know the hypothermia. Um, you know, they're dancing, they're smashing against the barricade in front of the DJs, you know, can bruise their sort of abdomen, Um, falling over, grazing their knees, cutting themselves with glass if they try and sneak it in, a whole range of things. But then the third thing that a lot of people don't think about, it's again usually the cause of alcohol or usually the effect of alcohol, sorry, but it's the mental health side of things. It can make people aggressive, anxious, upset, Mm. you know, Mm. a whole range of things. And so we have to deal with that as well. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's sort of talking people through situations, sorting out those rough times. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Cool. So, so last four years you've sort of been running it and now this rollout. So what's the, what's the sort of expansion and what's the plan? Well, like I said, getting all the back-end things sort of at the moment and um, then it's, it's going to be time to sort of branch out there so we can either go to the nightclubs privately mm. or we have the option of, of obviously, you know, if that doesn't work, going to government and see if, you know, what we can do at making it legislation. 
Um, that's always an option. If not, they want to do that in the, th- in the next three or so years anyway, which is I think would be a fantastic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the lockout laws, no glass rules, all that sort of stuff. Yep. First aid has to be the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Makes um, a lot of sense. Exactly. And someone once told me, you know, if you want to break into you know a customer base, it's always better say say you're breaking brick, right? If when you when you're doing that, you need to look on the brick to see if it has any cracks. Mm-hmm. You hit a brick where it's cracked, it breaks ten times easier than what than if it wasn't. Yeah. And so it's about finding your crack in the brick. So through that, I was actually reached out um, by a politician recently and he wanted to help out with you know, any way he could. And one of those ways was connecting me with the Australian Hotels Association. Yeah, sure. So yeah. I'll be going through them first and, and having a chat, maybe going to the events, sort of yeah. networking with the club owners. And um, yeah, that's sort of my crack in the brick. So the yeah. uh, annual golf day is coming up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> AHA golf day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the details about it. But yeah, good place to go through. And I think there's, I like, what I like about it is that element of, yeah, not authority, especially if you go into mm. a nightclub scene. Like people don't probably want perceived authority, whatever that might be in the nightclub. How, how do you deal with like uh, the potential of violence and, you know, your situation? If, you, if you're coming into a situation where someone's angry or, you know, yeah, had too much to drink, absolutely. how do you deal with that kind of stuff? So firstly, we we work really, really close with security. Yep. You know, if there's anything, they'll be there. And most of the time, if we're going to a, to an uh, to a patient, they either called us or they'll see us going there and they'll too. follow us straight yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is, when it comes, I've done some events at art parties, and I've actually had, I've been actually treated worse by sober adults at random events <laughs> than I have at drunk kids at parties. It's, 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 it's phenomenal. At, at a party with 350 kids, mm-hmm. I reckon about 300 walk out saying thank you. Mm. 50 might miss me, but most of them walk out with a nice thank you. That's cool. Everything, everyone we've treated has been happy to give some information. There's been a few times where they sort of refused the treatment, cage, which yeah. is totally okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, they have their reasons for that. Mm. But, um, and I think that comes down to sort of that relatability that we're trying to sort of make with them. You know, we're trying to be young, sort of fit to the crowd, mm-hmm. take away that judgment. So, yeah. Okay. What's the um, what's the trend you see with the youth? Like, do you think they're getting better at handling like going out, drinking alcohol, or is it getting worse? Do you know what? Everyone, everyone's got to learn some way, mm. and um, generally it's the hard way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a group of five guys. Um, I think it would have been twenty sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. and it, it was really ironic. So they went to almost every party, but each party, a different guy in the group w- would get a bit too messed up okay and then after all of them had it never happened again mm. and it was like okay so each of them had to go through that to learn their lesson mm. and so there's some lucky people who mm. who just you know they stick to the limits they're sensible it's great mm-hmm. but there's some who don't want to and they don't and so the only way to learn is by you know getting in a bit of a bad situation not life-threatening or anything mm-hmm. but also but obviously that situation where you know, it's it's not too favorable. You know, it's not yeah. it's not the nicest feeling. Um, yeah. and so yeah. But in terms of um trends, you know, some do that learn the hard way. Unfortunately, um, I think due to the price of alcohol compared to the price of drugs, as well as you know, um, how lengthy the effects are and everything, mm-hmm. drugs are becoming a, a little more popular, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a, a big thing we do have to combat in in the way we have, you know we treat someone. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, you know, yeah. we're we're willing to to take that on and yeah. help however we can. If we can see, I mean, our, our goal is, is if we can see these kids, like I said, celebrating their successes mm-hmm. and preparing for their future in a safe, like the safest way possible, mm-hmm. 
that's our job done. Okay. Yeah. Just before we went on air, we were talking about the what's happening in New South Wales with the festivals being closed down. There's a lot of merit, I think, in drug testing at festivals or whatever events. I mean, appreciate that you know, the federal law things are illegal, but like you said, kids are going to be kids and people are going to do things. So isn't it sort of our duty of care to ensure that you know they're doing it safely? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And I think one of the interesting things that this has brought out, I don't know if you guys have seen it and I haven't seen much either, mm. but the amount of celebrities that are coming out saying that they used to do drugs is yeah. phenomenal. So yeah. open about it and uh, I think that really shows where this is all going and, and mm. where it, we've sort of come like as a culture. Mm. But in terms of, of the festivals, I mean, drug testing, I, I definitely support it. It's fantastic. But it's not sort of like a, a one-size-fits-all. It's not a, a sole solution. It's, it's no. just one piece of the puzzle Yeah. because you can test a purity of drugs, but even the most pure of drugs, 100% can still kill someone. Yeah. You can still overdose. Mm-hmm. There's still, you know, what are they mixing with it? There's there's a whole range of things. So it is one piece of the puzzle, but I think it's, it's, it's definitely a great thing. Like you said, I think they still need to be able to party yeah. and, and enjoy themselves and have a bit of fun, a nice day out. Mm. But yeah. Doing it safely. It's, it, I mean, doing them doing it safely is 10 times better than just taking away the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because last week we were at um, Pause Fest mm-hmm. um, and one of the talks was these two girls from Vice um, and they talked about, yeah, like the youth and how the youth now are generally more stressed than they used to be. Yeah, because, Vice, Vice ran this, they've been running yeah. these big uh, census across youth, some of the mm-hmm. biggest census I think taken in Australia. So they ran this sort of census of millennials. Um, I spoke to Stephanie, but I didn't actually see the thing. So oh, I'm really? Gonna... Okay. <laughs> it's a, um, yeah, basically they ran this like huge survey to um, um, analyze the youth nowadays. And basically what they came up with is like most of the youth are kind of trapped in their own little bubble of bias. So they would only look at social media that kind of confirms their own you know, biases. And then most, I think the, the, the number one stress is about climate change. Like the youth is like super stressed about climate change. So uh, yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I was just kind of wondering how that relates to like, you know, them kind of going out and wanting to do, you know, drugs and drink more. I mean, I, f- I feel like there is a, you know, some kind of relation. No, there, definitely, right? definitely, mm. it, it is an escape. Mm. It, it's an absolute mm. like escape. It, it's, you know, everyone wants a night off. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants, you know, a Friday wind down or something. Like mm-hmm. everyone wants to be able to just feel relaxed. Everyone's like, there's a lot of stresses in this world. Mm. I mean, the climate change, like you said, and a lot of it is being thrown onto youth as well. You know, people say, you know, it's your turn to take the reins, but they've pretty much given us a ball of crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so ball there's of fire. a mm. yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. There's a there's a lot we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just watched a video recently on um, I think it was like a 13 year old girl doing like a world speech to to world leaders about climate change. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, how phenomenal! Yeah, mm. amazing. Like, yeah, it, mm. it's it's crazy. Um, and it was such an amazing speech. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's things like that, that that we now as youth have to have to take the lead on. I recently went to Hong Kong with, with Forbes and they interviewed three people and when we got there we realised that we were all Australian and obviously all under 30. Mm-hmm. And it, the video was actually on why is Australia going towards this this sort of space of social good? Because mm. so many startups and businesses coming out of Australia are based around social good. Yep. Mm. And I think that's actually a trend we're going to see worldwide. It's not like Australia may be leading the charge and they mm-hmm. may lead the charge in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the businesses coming out in the future worldwide are going to be based around social good, solving, you know, giant world problems, not just these first world problems, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm like sure. proper problems, like issues mm-hmm. that are impacting billions of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Why do you think Australia is at the forefront? 
Honestly, it's a good question. Um, you know, there's such a need for it. Like there, there are a lot of problems. And I think when you go to places like America and, and Europe and Asia, um, they, they, they're surrounded by a bunch of other countries, right? They, they've, they can find support from these other places. Neighbors, yeah. Exactly. Australia, we're, we're ourselves. We can support ourselves. We're a massive, massive country, you know, and when it comes to solving problems, we have to do it ourselves. With, mm. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that could be a thing. Another one is just um, maybe it's just sort of how we've been raised. Raised. It's just this culture of um, you know that that's sort of Aussie she'll be right Makes culture. It, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. there's people who say, okay, sh- you know, she might be right, but I want to try and help as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of things that I think can contribute. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it all just comes down to you know, slowly but surely, people have driven been driving more towards social change and mm-hmm. um. I guess Australia's just picked it up quicker. Yeah. So um, There's really interesting statistics, which I can't quote off my head, around for-purpose businesses versus not-for-purpose businesses, um, global economic trends, and for-purpose businesses that are more profitable. For, I think for many reasons, I think one of the main reasons is the people within the organisations themselves have that sense of meaning, right? They have yeah. that... Yeah. that you know, that fulfilment. It, fulfilment yeah. to get up and go to work and, and, and so the... Whatever the work it is, it doesn't have to necessarily be a um, you know not for profit. It can be a for profit organization. It doesn't have to be saving yeah, the world, but having yeah, that yeah. strong purpose. They call yeah. it um, profit for purpose. Profit, mm. profit, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean that yeah, that's huge. Well, I think it comes down to like when you look in in the US. Mm. I mean, their culture around business is all about making money and and building these these massive sort of corporations. Whereas in Australia, we don't have that because I mean we don't even have that risk aversity that you need to 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 do that. We don't have that that openness to failure mm-hmm. to actually build a massive business like that so we've become this really big startup culture and when it comes to startups a big way to sort of start going is towards social good mm-hmm. it's interesting and there is this we talked about it a lot on the podcast but the the you know the, the tall poppy syndrome whatever you call it in australia not you know we're not wanting to sort of be like yeah i'm the biggest and the best so maybe that's right as well like you know going towards something that has perceived or real you know social value or other sort of benefits definitely yeah um, it is interesting sort of that fear or, or whatever it might be around not wanting, you know, failure being sort of a bad thing. Whereas, yep. you know, it is yep. kind of championed in, mm-hmm. in the US. Absolutely, absolutely. I think with failure, the problem we have in Australia is that people see it as just the end. Mm-hmm. You yeah. fail, you're done. But I think, and what I've learned as well, is that you're always going to fail. It's just about getting back up and keep moving. Like not, I mean, some failures do mean the end. You know, sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. But... There are also times where, like I said, you get back up and you keep moving There's forward. There's new beginnings after that as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the thing about life, you know, when we die, consider that a failure and mm-hmm. we're done. Mm-hmm. And when we get sick, consider that a failure. Mm. So how come when we get sick, we heal and we keep moving? Yeah. Whereas, you know, and if you mm. consider that a failure, it's the same thing. You, mm-hmm. you, you fix it and you keep moving. Mm-hmm. I mean four years in business now, you would have seen, like, you, you get stronger from it too. Like, Absolutely. There's, there's so much to learn. There's no progression without failure like it just has to happen mm. absolutely mm. yep um yeah, talk, talk a bit about that like getting into business at 17 young probably had you know you're probably excited about it right like big you know that's 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 really cool um what have been some of the realities of that i suppose that have kind of dawned on you and some of the you know, some of the hurdles you've had to jump over well firstly starting business at 17 as a whole i actually think it was easier yeah i mm. didn't know anything mm. and so i just did mm-hmm. I just did mm-hmm. just took the steps and and 
did things. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, if I were to start another business, it's all sort of like analyzing everything, market research. Yeah. The pressure, maybe too. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of the biggest challenges are even though people are saying they're handing the world to the youth, they're not doing it with trust. They're not, you know, trusting us to actually take the reins and start leading it forward. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it's, it sometimes still is, but in the beginning especially, it was really difficult to um, actually have meaningful conversations with people, yeah, okay. find a good meeting with, with, a, with a top business person and do things like that. As you sort of build your business, show that you're actually serious, um, sort of maybe maybe win awards or have a, have a few articles written about you, you gain that credibility. It makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But as a young person starting off, it, it's not easy. I mean, and there are some great research, like, I mean, sort of supporters for youth around Australia, which you can always go to and they've always got support. But sometimes, you know, you need someone local, you need, you, you just want to meet with people, network, mm-hmm. and you want to be taken seriously because what you're doing actually means something or is actually sort of somewhat succeeding mm-hmm. and you know you want to pass or you want network you want to collaborate things like that so it, it's tough not being taken seriously people you know they'll, they'll talk to you and they'll pretend and then you'll you walk off you look back and they're sort of laughing oh, well, with their friends well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah, like um, a good job but it's just how it is i mean that that's just um how some but if they're going to hand the world to us at least give us the trust to take it on yeah mm. i feel like that's always going to be the case exactly sort of, yeah. i like your point around sort of the 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 beauty that lies in kind of naivety, right? Like, so not knowing what the pitfalls are just makes you that much more confident. And I think, I mean, I felt I feel similar about you know, my trajectory. If I went back and did what I did now, I wouldn't have done it. Like, absolutely, I would, <laughs> I yeah. have been too yeah. scared. I think. Um, so it's quite interesting that sort of jumping into things. And you talked about not having you know, a business background or business in your family. Mm. I think that's the benefit at some point, as mm. long as you can know when to bring in those other people. Mm. Just listen to yesterday. Someone was, um, oh, the guy that uh, started DC Shoes, I listened to a podcast yeah. with, with him and he was saying a similar thing, right? They, they, they didn't have any business acumen, but they were ballsy and they had good ideas and they just jumped in and got stuff done to a, to a point where they're like, okay, now we need to bring in some like you know, professional business mm. minds. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, I think that's a good way to yeah. do it. Yeah, and then there's always something that's going to keep you driving, whether it's passion, yeah. whether it's just, you know, you found an interest in business and, and you have this desire to just do it, yeah. or whether it actually becomes a necessity for you or for the cause you're trying to, to sort of impact. There's, there's certain reasons mm. as to why you do keep going instead of just shutting it down and giving yeah. up and, you know, taking the traditional route. Um, but again, even that is not sort of going the way it used to. You know, you used to go through school, go to university, come up with a job. You know, it's not like that anymore. There's, there's research where I think you have to wait four and a half years on average to actually get a job in your industry. Mm. So it's, yeah, there's, there's mm. a lot of things sort of changing that people are sort of starting to slowly pick up on. Mm. I think it's just jumping straight in, right? Like you could have gone, oh, this, I've, I've, you know, I've seen this opportunity how do I do this? Do I need to go and like put a business plan? If you just went out there and started doing it, right? Like, like boom, straight in there. We've, we've spoken to a few people in the podcast. Um, mm. uh, oh, City brief. Um, yeah. Um, same thing. So his, his, um, his shoe shine business, like what? I see an opportunity. Boom. Start it. Done. Mm. I think, I think there's a lot of merit in that. And I think, you know, you need to take a sort of a scholarly approach sometimes, but if there's opportunities there, then just, just grab Absolutely. it. Mm. Yep. Yep. Because I mean, you can say as many things as you, as you, you know as you want, yeah. and and in your head, when you're when you're working that situation, everything can go your way. But as much as you say things without actually doing, yeah. 
it's not going to go anywhere. Mm. And until you do, you're not going to know if everything's going to go mm. your way. Mm. And you need to figure that out. You need to know if the market's going to buy what you're giving. So, mm. yeah. What's your sort of gut feeling? So I assume that you know you, you haven't been to uni then. This is been. I did a year. I did a year. Did a I year? Did a year okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you feel as if this four years sort of you know on the job would would be equal to or sort of greater than what you would have learned you know doing the course? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, and I think you know you. What I hope is that the people who actually do a university course continue learning after they leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if they do, but I hope they do. Mm-hmm. I hope the doctor that I go go and see. Mm-hmm. Is still teaching himself things or, or refreshing his his knowledge because yeah, that, that bugs me actually. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely. You see that, and they sort of. I feel like some of them sort of get very set in their way. Mm. How could you exactly. in that industry? Yeah, 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 definitely. So I hope that they continue to learn. I feel like you can learn the same things other ways. Like I may have in in four years, and I, I've, I was studying something completely different. Yeah, okay, but um, I think there's definitely other ways of getting it. I think through my experience as well is you learn a lot more through experience than you do through yeah, a book. doing yeah mm-hmm. um i mean that that's all i can hope but i think when it comes to actually sort of you know say getting a job or or proving that you know you have this knowledge mm. it's a little bit harder because you don't have the you know the legal qualification or anything yeah. so mm. there there are sort of obstacles like that yeah. of course but they can still definitely learn mm. just as much without uni yeah. It goes to you know even on job right so like you go to school mm. it's, this, it's this trajectory you're sort of always going to this end point right you finish mm. primary school you finish high school you might go to university or into a trade but there's always and then, and then you get the sort of job especially from like a social point of view once you get into the you know we don't really focus in work about like are you still learning as a human like are you still growing are you learning how to communicate mm. and talk like yep. it's sort of absolutely there is this sort of perceived that you know, that's sort of yeah and, and lots of people obviously continue to learn mm. um but yeah, this, this, in our culture, it doesn't seem to be sort of championed as much yeah. as it should. Absolutely. And, and there's such an importance in, in, yeah, like you said, you know, the social skills and everything. Yeah. I mean, mm. think about childcare. I mean, if I can, when I, when I have a child, mm. I, I want to look after them myself as much as possible. But obviously you've got work and stuff. But even say I was a complete, you know, stay-at-home dad, my, my wife was a stay-at-home mum, we could support ourselves, all of that sort of stuff. I'd still only send my kid to, week, uh, to, to childcare maybe once or twice a week, mm-hmm. not because I'm, I'm too busy or anything, but because they still need to learn those social skills. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten, they still need to learn the social skills. Yep. Primary school, you're not, I mean, you're learning things, but the first two years or so, it's nothing that's going to actually, you know, become useful in your well, life. It's, it's only the social stuff. Exactly. So there someone, is, yeah. someone was telling me, I was got a kid, the, the, that, that first week in primary school was sort of one of the biggest things that will happen in a child's life, right? You're literally being sort of torn away from this family unit that you've been with. So, it's, you know, you don't, there's no other changes that happen like that in your career. Like yeah, you it's don't, very jarring. You just know, going, like, staying at home with your mum, like, one-on-one all day, and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by, like, 30 people. Yeah. It's like, if you if you yeah. go, like, I've only done this once, and, and it was just by fluke, I went, I went to my primary school, mm-hmm. and it was actually the first day of the year, and you walk into a reception class, and it's just weird, because... It's like they've known each other forever. Yeah. You know, there'll be people running in there. They'll be hugging. They'll be like introducing themselves, like you know, like in mm. their little high pitched yeah. voice, like shaking hands <laughs> and everything, <laughs> copying whatever they've seen from maybe their parents or, mm. or just out in the public. Yeah. And, but it's like they've known each other for for life, like yeah. for, for ages. It's yeah. it's, it's incredible. Mm. Yeah. So they do, you know, naturally have these social skills, but they still, have, you know, as you grow up and you get stresses and you get yeah, all the stuff beat it out of you. exactly. Mm. So so you need to sort of learn it and um mm. yeah, sort of refresh yourself on it and everything yeah. yeah 
and times change as well. You know, slang, you need to learn the slang and, and that helps mm. social aspects. There's, there's all things that sort of yeah. can continue to impact your life, you know, as, mm. as the world changes and mm. it's about sort of adapting to them, which is mm. obviously a big sort of um, thing that I, that I sort of fight for is like adaptation, like being able to adapt mm. to certain situations. situations. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, that's, I mean, that's two things I think that they lack when they don't, like the things they don't teach in uni and schools is being able to socialize properly, being able to ask why, you know, like, think critically and then being able to change and adapt. And I think those those things are very important that, you know, kind of get glosses, you know, get glossed over. And then, you know, mostly people who do like business degrees, I feel like it's very similar to learning a trade. Like, you know, you know, if I um if I study how to build a cabinet for four years, but not actually build a cabinet, just watching other people do it. I feel like that's the same thing, learning theory about business, right? It's the same thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. And and when you said about uni, um they don't teach you social skills. Mm. The one thing I found really interesting when I was there for just one year, mm. everyone was there for themselves. Mm. You know, yeah. Thinking back to high school, you know, everyone, you know, you had your group of friends, Good you went there, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you spent time with them. But mm. in uni, everyone was just there. Mm-hmm. You do what you have to do mm. and you leave. Yeah, you leave yeah. Like you're yeah, only there I for yourself. I found that as well, yeah. Yeah, me too. Mm. What, what did you study for a year? So I did nursing. So I wanted to go on, my goal was always paramedics. Yeah, okay. So my sort of pathway to that, obviously it was a very high ATAR to get paramedics. Yeah. So my pa- pathway to that was nursing. Cool. But at the end of the year, I sort of, the business came up and I had to sort of choose which one to prioritize and okay. I, I chose the business. Okay. How does um, like liability and things sit around, I suppose, what you're doing? So yeah, no, insurance is a, is a massive thing for right. us. Um, I've actually done quite a lot with that insurance because you see with, with first aid in particular, it's that we don't actually need to have insurance. Um, it's it's not a legal necessity, and so even when we go to get it, it's not very regulated. Okay. So I've had insurance companies refuse to cover me. I've had um, insurance companies drop out of the insurance just because they sort of learned a bit more about what I do and they got worried them a little bit. Um, I've had all, all these sorts of things, and um, there's been a point where I've had to actually do a lot of these events without insurance, okay. which legally isn't too much of a problem. Mm. If I get in trouble, then it's a problem. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I've had no sort of financially um, for yeah. Yeah, but but I've had no sort of complaints against me. If anything, it's incredible. People are, people were very supportive for us. I mean, there was a time where it was myself and security. We'd found a kid who'd who gotten back to where he shouldn't be, flooded the whole room because he left a tap on and everything, and um, was up against the wall. So it was just it wasn't going inside the drain. Mm. And his dad came and started freaking out, and he's going absolutely mental. Security. He turns around to me and he goes. I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, thank you so much for everything you've done. Turns back around to security and starts going off his head again to the point where security had to pull out a fake police badge to pretend he was part of SAPOL. So, you know, there's this really good sort of view for us. And there's also the fact that, you know, um, because we're working, we're not solely covered by the Good Samaritan Act, but there is that stuff. And mm. there's never actually been a successful case against a first aider in history. Yeah, because there is the murky stuff around a first responder, isn't there? Like you have a duty of care once you... Once yeah, you, yeah. Mm, and yeah. there's also the thing that... um. When you're doing CPR, there's an 80% chance you're going to break at least one of the patient's yeah, ribs. Yeah. You might save their lives, but they can sue you for the broken rib. Yeah. <laughs> so that's – and it happens. It happens as well. Yeah. I hate – oh, like when – well, if someone does it, I'm like, oh, man, because like basically the, the rib cage kind of goes like – Yeah, yeah. Like, you've got to put it down about three yeah. quarters of the way. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sickening when I, when I watch that. But it saves lives. It saves yeah. lives. <laughs> Yeah. When have yeah. you had to watch it? I oh, just like clips on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you watch The Office? The TV show, yeah, The yeah, Office? Yeah. Go back to that first eight episodes. Okay. It's not a bad one. <laughs> okay. 
I've been to a few first day. I've, yeah, I'm a registered first aider for the office, but I've been to a few of those uh, seminars. It's kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was mm. a good episode. What did you get last time? It was like a dummy, like a baby or like a dummy person? You, you get both, yeah. Okay. You have to go through both. Mm. You have to refresh it every six months. Um, generally, it's actually three years. Some three some years. some workplaces have it every year. Yeah. Some, um, I think legal every year, every year. Yeah, we do so, it, yeah. So, yeah. We, do this, we do the CPR component every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, CPR every year. Yeah. General basic first aid every three, three years. years. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's one of those things that I mean, it, you kind of. I don't think that's enough time, really, because if I think in in sort of a, a serious situation, like you know, some of those things just like going. Out you you, head, you need so. to know what's going on, yeah. and that's the mm-hmm. reason why. Um, why I really actually took on this, this sort of medical side, this first aid thing is because the first night I went to St. John, mm. I still remember what we learned and everything. Everything I learned stuck with me. Mm. You, you, I could never forget it and, yeah. and it sort of came to me naturally. Like I, I was answering questions before I'd even been taught the answers and mm. things I'd never known before as well. So it sort of just came to me and that's mm. when I realized that that's, that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And, you know, you never know, like I said, when you're going to use it. Mm. But there have been times where I think one morning I was – um driving to school and I just see these bikes just fly past my car. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I sort of I like realized before that I saw the bike rider get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And before I like even had a moment to register in my head, I was already out the car running towards the bike rider. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I yeah. got to take care of yourself, you know, across, yeah, you know, crossing sure. the road and everything. But, <laughs> yeah, but I was straight at the bike rider. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. on the way to school. So I got to school a couple hours late and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, well, actually, I thought people were going to be like, oh, what happened to you? You know, why, why did you get the school late? Mm. It was already on the news. Oh. The school already put it through the school. Wow. To, like they, they started putting it out there because I'd helped this bike rider. Mm. Um, okay? He was all good in the end. Yeah. Um, I called the hospital actually to, to, to see if we could find anything out. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he, he was all good. But, you know, I did what, did what I learned. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when, when I said, you know, it comes to people of first day training, but who's actually willing to use it? How many people were crossing that intersection who knew first aid but didn't bother to stop. Mm-hmm. There was one just in the city as well, yeah. um, probably two years, two and a half years ago, and I actually saw a car on its side on fire. Wow. Um, just uh, Halifax and Hutt Street, just in the corner there. Wow. Okay. And um, again, I actually jumped out while my car was still moving mm-hmm. and, and ran to there. Luckily, there were already people there. It happened a bit before I got there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there was a doctor and two nurses on site, mm-hmm. which was fantastic, mm-hmm. but... Um, you just never know when something's going to happen. Mm. So whether I'm manifesting it myself or something, <laughs> but um, yeah, you never know. Mm-hmm. You seem like you've got sort of that entrepreneurial spirit in you. Where do you see, like, you know, so, and you're really passionate about the work you do. Like, do you see yourself sort of distancing from the sort of hands-on, you know, as you go to nightclubs, you're going to need more people. Mm, yeah. um, like what excites you about the business for the next couple of years? Yeah, look, entrepreneurship has become like another big passion of mine. Mm. And um, there's a lot that I want to do with it in the future. And in terms of sort of, Getting less hands on, I love it. If I if I can stay hands on for as long as possible, I'm going to do it. Even when I'm when I have other employees out there, I'm going to find any excuse to go. Like I'll go out there just to visit them, mm-hmm. and if I can help out, I'll help out. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But when I met my first mentor, we were sitting at a cafe, and the first question he asked me, and this is what he asked before he mentors anyone, he said, "Are you willing to go from coach to player? Oh, sorry, from player to coach." Yeah. Are you willing to get hands on and, and do the stuff you're doing to now helping other people do the same? So that was one thing he really needed me to come to terms with is that someday it's going to happen. So hopefully that stays, that stays soon. Yeah. It's looking like it could be within the next couple of months. Um, 
things are all sorted. We just got, like I said, got, just got the paperwork, um, just ordered the uniforms. So they'll be here in a couple of weeks and then um, it's time to start getting out there. I would do the first club myself, but once we get our, our second club booking, then we'll have to chuck someone out there. So it's really exciting. Nice. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's a slow process of mm-hmm. bootstrapping it as well. Yeah. So, um, but it, yeah, it's looking really good. Well, congrats on all the hard Thank work you, you put yeah. in. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it really is for a good cause. So, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's a, a big um, sort of problem that we're trying to fix. And mm-hmm. um, if we can even encourage other people to do the same, whether that be here in Australia or other continents, countries, whatever, then that's our job done. Even if we're not the ones doing it. This is a world first, but if we can encourage others to do it, then I'm happy. <laughs> if people want to find you and, and find out more information, where can they have a look? Yeah, uh, Facebook at Nightlife First Aid mm-hmm. or um, our website, nightlifefirstaid.com.au. Very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully getting some more things set up soon to get some social media people onto Instagram and everything. But um, for the moment, it's just, just those, yeah. Is that stuff that you sort of been doing yourself up until this point? Like having to run the I've, I've done absolutely everything myself. So that, that's been a, you know pretty tricky as well. There's things we sort of you got to really determine what's, you know, the most important, what, where should your focus go, yep. you know, and, and it takes the strength to actually sacrifice the things you'd, you'd love to do but aren't necessary. So that, that's a big part of what I've done as well over the years. Mm-hmm. Good. I think that's one of the problems that a lot of, you know, people fresh into business have is they might put all the effort into the, their website, for example, mm. or for, into their whatever it might be, the uniforms, right? Yeah. And not focus on the core thing, which is provi- providing that service exactly. and a great yep. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, it's, it's almost kind of that, uh, I think a bit of kind of a background fear factor of putting things off, right? Doing the periphery yep. and not focusing on the, mm. the hard task. They always try to, you know, put out a perfect product, but you don't have to, you know, first you just need to sort of get anything out there and, and fix it as you go, mm. which is the same with us right now. I mean, mm. we, we've got a really good product we've built from the parties, mm. but there's still a whole lot we want to do in the future, which is, actually going to sort of change i mean for now south australia and and, and Arnie street as a whole mm-hmm. but um eventually a lot more places so yeah awesome man well thanks so much for coming down and having a chat my pleasure thank you, my pleasure thank you. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. awesome thank you very much cheers thanks